other music companies and you can kind of bounce around and different people have different relationships and so you can kind of float and choose your battles yeah. but um yeah i think i think initially too i i learned a lot of uh the name of the company is alloy tracks and then another one i work with is called crystal creative um but i uh initially when i was getting into it there really weren't many resources so i just happened to learn on the job it seems like sending music out seeing what notes people gave me back being like hey be great if we had this at the beginning be great if we had this in the middle and being like okay that's now a thing i see people are asking for and so just kind of learning through through process of trial and error and i think i think now there are a lot more resources and the trailer world has just grown I think pretty dramatically since when I first got in. Um, this is a nice little segue to a thing that we're working on right now. Uh, myself and Chris Roney are putting together a a course that will be teaching trailer music, and so that could be a nice you know leg up and learn some stuff. Um, but yeah, it was it was honestly just through people giving me a chance and learning on the job, and then I got my my first big music trailer was was for Godzilla King of the Monsters. And that was like changed the game. I feel like the moment that came out, it started a bit of a new trend. And I was the guy that was the one to call for it. So uh, the phone started ringing and now it's kind of just been a process of following, following the trends and following each placement leads to the next one. Stranger yeah. Things has very much been that. That one had a lot of publicity and it's like one of the first that has had my name literally attached to it on the soundtrack. So yeah, it's just kind of built from there. <laughs> That's awesome. That's what you want, the phone ringing. That's right. And you even have uh, a huge uh, famous artist calling you and you you ain't got time. You just, uh, oh, I'll get to later. <laughs> <laughs> a huge famous artist, singular. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh absolutely well it's just um that's so cool to hear and actually just uh just want to let everyone know too the course or the the thing that uh bryson uh bryson um bryce is talking about is we're actually going to be doing a huge thing in november so everybody save the dates the 7th the 8th and the 9th we're going to be doing an amazing uh conference here and bryce is, is going to have something amazing so uh thank you again but so that's you've you really and that's that's one of the questions I was going to ask is um you know how do people kind of start getting into the industry and you've you've kind of already said that you know that one of the greatest tips that you've shared with people is uh you know go and do your own practice your own practice you know it's practice makes perfect and you go you can actually go online uh, on YouTube Aaron actually typed it under the chat and you can find trailers without music and you can I just I was going to say they they exist some there are some I don't know where or how they get these, but there are some people on the internet that get the isolated splits for trailers and will post a lot of the most popular trailers with music muted, and so you have full full dialogue and sound effect tracks that you can work along to. It's definitely a, a great resource. Um, what I would say in general about 
just the trailer music industry is I think it's unique in that even though it is very competitive and everyone's kind of vying for these same trailers, the door is wide open. It, unlike in films or in some other world where you have to be hired on and then they're kind of locking you in for six months to a year to score their movie and they're putting trust in you. Trailer music is, if you send them something they like, the, the job is done. They don't care who you are. They don't care anything else. If you send them something that works for what they're working on, you're kind of in. And so I, I think that, you know, the first step is very much getting your, your music and your production sounding right and having the right elements and to the production quality that is fairly standard. But then beyond that, it really is just getting it in the right hands at the right time. And the door is kind of open and it seems like everyone is constantly looking for the next thing, you know, who's going to bring something new that isn't just the, the standard formula. So yeah, I, I say, you know, start learning and go out and do it. It, it, it is definitely possible. I, I love that. And, and I love that that you shared that because that, that is a huge gold nugget or a huge tip that, uh, you know, people, and I, and I would probably, and you can correct me or, uh, let me know what you think of this, but if I guess if people if uh, don't try and copy the trailers that have just happened, take a new approach on it, and you just might be the start of a trend. Or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, and the thing I always say is, I feel like every project I work on is eighty percent exactly what they're expecting and twenty percent something new. And so I think if you can lock in that eighty percent and just get the the sound down and the structure down. Throw your bells and whistles on top. Go nuts with it. And it, it, it you might have your own new trend on the horizon, you know? I love it. That's really good. Cool. Yeah. So so uh, coming back to some of the trailers that you might hear, uh, it seems like there's trailerized music at maybe, maybe at the end, but then at the beginning, it's like, this is just a singer-songwriter or this just sounds like something of, you know, there's no trailerized. Can you break down some of those uh, kind of trailers that, the, that you might hear. Yeah, and, um, that that's actually that's a that's a good point. In that Stranger Things trailer, that opening nugget of music before the song start is not by me. That's from a, another library, and so there are there are a few different facets to trailer music. There's the custom side and the and the library side, and there are a number of companies. And these are this is especially if you're just trying to start out. These are the places to go are these libraries because. They, they just amass collections of music that are, you know, horror intros or, you know, emotional adventure themes or whatever. And they put together albums of all sorts of composers. And those are just floating around and in the back pocket of editors and are constantly pulled from, especially when they're trying to kind of bridge the gap between custom stuff that they might be using. Or it might just be a case where it works for what they have. So there is the whole library side of, of the world. And then there's the custom side, which is more so what I do, which is it's all just kind of very fast turnaround and, you know, trying to trying to find exactly the, the fit for the trailer that they're cutting. Well, that's and that's great. And that's good for people to know, because absolutely there's your style of music, whatever it is, there's probably a library that would do an album of that stuff. So it's... <laughs> there, there totally is. Yeah. Man, at this point, you know, I uh, the reality of trailer music, too, is it's not like I'm the one hired to score the trailer, like I was saying. 
I'm one of the composers that one editing company is choosing to send the request out to and do a music poll, even on the custom side. So uh, nothing is is certain. And the reality of, of this world is that you will pitch a lot and not get a lot of them. And I think that can be pretty discouraging, especially on the front end, because I, I'm sure, like myself, you'll believe that everything you send out is perfect for it and the best thing ever, and there's no way that they can't pick it. But there's just so much that's out of your control, and there's so many producers and directors and supervisors and all this that they all have they all have say as well. And so I my, my little phrase is no track left behind. I feel like every like single it. thing that you pitch, especially if you're putting your best into it, it is now a piece of music that exists and it is now a part of your library. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, I've been pitching for a number of years. And so I have thousands of unused tracks. And um, over the course of building up that just back catalog of music, so much of the work that I get now comes from people that they, they will pull out a, a track that was an unused custom that flopped three years ago. And they pull it out and they go, okay, we like this. This is like 70% there, but this is now what we're working on. Can you take that and make it into something new for what we're doing? And so it, it really is just a, a numbers game and a waiting game, pitching on as much as you can and building up your your library of solid music and waiting for the right project to come around for it. Wow, that's that's amazing, Vice. And and yeah, we're anybody in this industry. You got to, yes. I always say you got to collect your nose as well. So no track left behind, and collect lots of yeah. nodes because you'll get a yes eventually. And um, yeah, you you, you got to build up a bit of a thick skin. I think I think in all commercial music and all all production music of any kind, there's just it, there's a, a lot of turnaround and a lot of music floating around, and you you just can't give up. You don't know it. They're not necessarily not picking you because it's not good. Most of the time, that's not the case. It's just it's not the right thing, um, but it will be for something else. Absolutely, I, I love that. that and that's re that's really cool. So, so how have you found that? Because um, I know you're on the right on the cutting edge of uh, of trailers, and have you found like there's a trend that's kind of going on that you're you're noticing that? Uh, I know everyone's trying to break out of that. You know, yeah. the eighty percent is the is the is the way the accent it is, but you want to craft something new and uh, are you seeing any trends that you're kind of that you want to share that uh you're seeing yeah um i mean this is somewhat specific but a specific trend that i've been seeing right now is kind of a hallmark of trailers is those big trailer drums these huge larger than life hits and i think that they're i think they've been overplayed a little bit and I've noticed more and more, like this is within the last month, maybe. I feel like more and more clients are coming back and studios are coming back looking for something that doesn't sound like a trailer. Even though they still, it still is a trailer and they still want it to sound like a trailer, they want to feel like it's special and unique. And so I've been, I feel like I've been kind of sweetening my trailer drums a lot recently where I'm not just having the big slamming hits. Let's say I'm working on a rock song. I'm incorporating more like rock drums into my trailer drums. So there's big toms and snares and, and hi-hats and stuff that are doubling my hits so that it feels like, oh, those are just really big versions of 
like a drum kit. Yeah. Or if I'm working on something, uh, if I'm working on something that's in a desert on a far off planet, unnamed, um, they may want something that's, you know, more otherworldly and organic sounding. And so I, I was, I was just chopping up a bunch of like, uh, Indian percussion and, um, some like Native American percussion and trying to get these really organic layers to, to kind of sweeten the typical trailer drums so that it feels even more like we didn't find this piece of music in a library somewhere. This is, this is for our project exclusively and it's special. So I think it's, yeah, it's, it's finding ways to, 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 yeah, make, make things feel, feel custom and feel special and not just like another thing off the shelf. Right. That, that's, that's amazing. And, and I guess you want to, the trailer, the people forking out the money, they want to grab people's attention. If it's the same old sounds or the same sounds, it's in everything. Well, yeah. Then, then who cares? You know, it's like, um, if it's another trailer that starts with a single piano note, you know, it's like, oh, we've heard it a thousand times. Who cares? But it's like, but they still want that. They just don't yeah. know. They, so it's like, maybe it's not a piano. Maybe it's like a, a breath or a, a something else that still serves the function that's needed in the trailer, but is more crafted, more unique. Wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And uh, so how are you finding, I, I know we've got the big writer's strike and the um, the actor strike going on. And so I'm imagining a lot of movies are going to be on hold and, and promos yeah. and stuff. How are you finding that's affecting you or how do you foresee it to maybe affect? Is it going to be a backlog? And then there's like, now we have to do a thousand of them to catch up. Yeah. We're, we're kind of in this case right now where we're working on trailers for stuff that's already done. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's still full steam ahead for myself, but I know this, this back catalog is going to run out and I don't really know when that will be. It might be the beginning of 2024, but I feel like we'll hit some point where the studios run out of movies that have been finished and, you know, completed production. And so I think things will dry up a little bit. And the, the, the way it's affecting me right now is just in that I, I, you, we've seen studios pushing things back to try and create a little bit more space between their, you know, big tentpole releases. And so that kind of creates an annoying situation for myself where we'll be full steam ahead working on this trailer and getting it approved and everyone loves it. And then now the movie doesn't come out for four months past when it was expected. So it just kind of gets put on a shelf for a little while and we have to wait and hope and pray that when it comes back up, that they still like what we did or that, you know, it's like a jumping off point. So I, that that's kind of how I'm seeing it right now. And I'm, I am interested to see, see how trailers are affected more as the strike goes on or fingers crossed hoping that it that comes to a resolution yeah absolutely yeah it definitely needs to uh something needs to be uh fixed up there and i also think too that it's they're shining a light on all the streaming stuff which is for artists who are you know have noticed that they're getting nothing for pennies not even pennies for for streams yeah. i think it's shining a light and so it's a, i think it's a positive thing for us as in, as artists as well yeah, so it definitely yes yeah. That's amazing. So, so can we uh, dive in a little bit too? Also, about what are some of the like the price ranges from like you know like uh, like from the highest that you've seen to the lowest? Uh, you know that yeah. From everything I know, it's like trailers pay the most, commercials, you know, in film and TV. But what are some of those uh, some the ranges that you've seen? Yeah, um, and it's kind of broken up. Part of this as well is 
there's kind of a structure to the release schedule of an advertising campaign. And so it's usually like a teaser, main trailer. If it's a big thing, a trailer too. If it's a really big thing, a final trailer. And then we go into TV spots that launch about a month before the movie comes out. And so I would say the the teaser pays a little different from the trailer, pays different from the TV spots. And you also kind of have to know they, they, they are different different projects. And so the music that I'll pitch is different on them. But that's not the question. Um, so I, I would say it, it does vary a little bit between your, your mainline studios like Warner Brothers and Universal and streaming companies. But um, what I've seen is I've seen uh, teasers and trailers usually pay somewhere in like the like that thirty to sixty thousand dollar range, and uh, understanding that's almost it's always standard that it's split between myself and the the music house that I'm working with. So that that's fairly standard, I would say. Netflix that that's for main studios. Netflix is a little bit lower, but is still pretty solid. I would say Netflix is usually into the the 20 to 40 range. Um, and then TV spots are on the bottom end because they might be only using 30 seconds. Uh, TV spot usage is usually in the uh, 15 to 20 range. Uh, um, and so, and something to note too is all of these licenses are like all, all inclusive. You, you, I, I retain the right to the music but it's a full license. So they might license something for the teaser and then be at their free will to cut it into a trailer, to cut it into a TV spot, to use it on social media, to use it everywhere. So it is all encompassing. So that's why the the payouts are higher because they, they have it for the rest of time for anything associated to the movie. But it's great. It's kind of that, the 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 money is good and it's that big carrot that they dangle in front of everyone and gets everyone to compete with no real certainty of of yeah. anything and i um i think on on like the more personal business side of things the the reality is you know you might get one of those big ones a couple times a year a few times a year and so a, a big portion of you know my life and learning learning structure is learning the you know to to balance your money throughout the year because if you if you get you know fifty thousand dollars in one check and you're like I'm a king let's go you might be uh you might be regretting that in a few months when uh, <laughs> you might you know, be hungry we, or cold or or yeah, yeah. so so it's it's a it's definitely a matter of kind of you know uh, balancing the risks and um you know doing as much as you can to to sustain yourself through the through the drier periods absolutely that and that's great advice and um yeah it's very good advice especially when you start doing it full-time and you're living off royalties or you're doing it you yeah you got to do that that's a that's a good lesson i learned as well that's just you know but so uh last question i have before we kind of uh, open up to some questions is uh are you you kind of touched a little bit on it like the different there's there's like the different kind of trailers and the promos can you can you walk us through a little bit of the like the as as the composer or as the artist how do you approach them different or is there are they pretty much all the very the same with the three acts or you know and and you kind of structure it the same way and they yeah i mean and again each one is a little different but there are some more standard pieces to it 
I think that more or less when you're pitching on any of them, the length of music is pretty similar. It's usually like two to two and a half minutes. Even if they're only going to use 30 seconds, usually you're pitching a full gamut of things and they will they will chop it up. But I would say the main difference lies between teasers and trailers. Usually when you're pitching on the first teaser for a project, the first thing the public will see, the studio wants to withhold scale. And so it's kind of this this balancing act of make it feel huge and like something you've got to go see in theaters or you've got to watch on the biggest screen. But also special effects aren't done. They don't want to show the whole whole range of the movie because we still have, you know, eight months until it comes out. So it's kind of this restraint while still depicting scope. So I find that usually the the like climax and second climax is sometimes lopped off or really short in a teaser. Um, an example would be my my trailer I worked on for the Batman. I I pitched a whole whole bit of music that went as big as I could get it. And when you watch that trailer now, it's pretty much the introduction where we we get the start of the Nirvana song. And then we have the the rising action that's kind of this like percussive underscore, but still somewhat mellow. And then you only get maybe 10 seconds of the back end that's just under the title reveal, and then it's gone. And so I feel like that's usually that that's pretty typical in trailers that uh, in teasers, that it's very much a tease. And it's not opening up into big montage nearly as much. Main trailers, it's kind of a